And now for our first sponsor, which we've been using in the bathroom cabin for the last few years, Poopery. Poopery, the original before you go toilet spray that has over 100,000 five star reviews. Poopery is always formulated with essential oils and plant based ingredients that eliminate bathroom odor before it even begins. Poopery is essential for our home. So many share bathrooms with all the smells, plus, it's female founded and a Texas based company. Poopery has several scents and size options. My fave is the fresh air, smells like jasmine and mint. And my favorite place to stock up is my local Target. So easy to add to your next curbside pickup or online order. Plus, if you have any upcoming travel, aka sharing bathrooms even more than usual, Poopery 2 ounces and the travel size 10 milliliters are TSA friendly. It's always mandatory on our packing list. Welcome, honey, aka Bobby Romito. My husband. Hi. Are we? Have we started? <laughs> As I said, welcome, honey. <laughs> Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Two of my favorite women. Yay! Yay. <laughs> of course. Well, I better say my be- favorite is women. I was going to say. I was going to say. Wait, close, you want to rephrase that? In a close second, yes. <laughs> I'll take close second. I'll take close third. Yes. <laughs> right. We, yeah. we love yes, Risa. This is true. Oh, yeah. uh, Daughter. True. Yeah. Yeah. It was all, all yes, good. For sure. Yeah. Uh, mm. Off to a bopping start. Yes. <laughs> mm. How you doing, Bobby? I'm amazing. It's great to be here. Yeah. I'm so yeah. excited for Thank- all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for supporting us in this endeavor. Mm, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time coming. Mm. All right. So, Bobby, our audience really doesn't know anything about you yet. We have not done any dish on you at all. So what would you like to share? Awesome. Hmm. Um, wow I'm a Pittsburgh guy Yeah, grew up there spent my first 25 years there went to a great school kind of could have thrown away my diploma did nothing with it Um, (laughs) what was your diploma in? what school? I went to Carnegie Mellon University okay awesome school my junior year in college one of my professors told me I wasn't good employee material and I took that to heart which was a real gift because I really wasn't good at employee material not good at taking orders and direction most of my life mm-hmm. so um except for me yes exactly <laughs> i was gonna i was gonna add that um and uh got in the investment business my junior year in school and uh had a lot of success at a young age uh, made a lot of money when i graduated uh, i didn't even interview for a job because i was making more money than a lot of my roommates were you know, getting hired by big eight accounting firms. So I just kept doing what I was doing. And uh, by the time I was 26, I lost everything. It was a dangerous combination. Uh, young guy whose income was growing, but not quite as fast as his ego was. Like you said. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just, everything I touched, like, worked until it didn't. And I got involved in some projects I probably shouldn't have. And, uh, Got to start over when I was 26, moved to Florida, and that's when I met Peggy. Um, Yay. That was interesting um, because I think neither of us were looking for a relationship at that time. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> I just, I was trying to run away from three or four of them. And Who all followed you? Well, a couple of them. <laughs> but, uh, and, um, and I think she just got out of a long relationship. And uh, so we tried to ignore each other for a while, but that didn't work. How'd you meet? You want to take yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> we, well, we met at work, and but yeah. it was interesting because I was leaving um, to go meet my girlfriend, my roommate, for drinks, and one of the other salesmen were like, "Where are you going, Peggy?" And I said, "Going to meet Jody." And she's like, "Bobby, what are you doing?" He's like, "Nothing." He's like, "Well, take Bobby with you." I'm like, uh, "Okay. Do you want to come?" He's like, "Sure." So that was it. He jumped in the car with me. We drove. And we were in Winter Park, Florida. Drove to some bar. I don't remember the name of it. And we sat there and talked for hours. Bailey's. Bailey's. You're right. Bailey's. Wow. And um, my girlfriend wasn't showing. So I, it, this was way before cell phones. So I had to go to the bar and ask if, they, if I could use the phone. So they pull out the rotary phone and I dial the number, call my roommate. She never answered. Now, what the heck happened to her? Ended up just being the two of us talking. Thank all you, Johnny. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, yeah, then, then you walked me to my car. 
I was your ride, and he strategically stopped in front of a jewelry store and planted our first kiss in front of a jewelry <laughs> store. It was such a romantic. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> coincidentally, I think a ring is showing up today, a birthday present. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Mm. It is. Yeah. That's true. This is the perfect day. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we have a, a little, you know, eclipse since we love all astrology and all of that stuff. So how coincidentally it's landing today. Yeah. So new beginnings. Yeah. 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 So, so you met Peggy, then what? <sighs> little kissy kissy. Yeah, then it was pretty chaotic. And, and a then while. a lot of fire. <laughs> yeah. A lot of fire. We yeah. had two different styles of communicating. Yes. I think we're still finally working it out now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 35 our, our, years our, later. Early in the relationship. Um, oh my God. Kind of the pattern was, you know, she grew up in a, small town, German family, very reserved, quiet. When there was conflict, you kind of went away mm. until the emotion was gone. And then you came back and kind of forgot it happened. Just got kind of or pushed, never under, talked about it. pushed yeah. under the rug, right? And in my family, it was the extreme opposite. Like you got it out. You said it all. It's the like Italians. The, so her way was if you, if you raised your voice, that was disrespectful. And in my family, if you walked away, that was disrespectful. So early on, I think mm, three or four doors probably were broken with my forearm as she would go close the door behind. And I oh would, my God, those volatile 20s. Yeah, so yeah, in, in the office, actually. I remember- In our, the office, you oh, broke yeah, a door? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God, well, we would, we would work late yeah. and you know, or we might go out for a drink and then forget something at the office and go back to the office and invariably something would trigger one of us. And, you know, we'd have a, a conversation that turned into an argument and I would go into a room, shut the door. And the next thing I know is there a hand through the door. No, no, no. Forearm. Forearm. Okay. No. Whatever. But the, the whole door broke on both uh, sides more than yeah, once. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. And the manager would walk in and he'd go, well, Bobby and Peggy were here last night. It's just like, it was, oh my it God. It was passionate. Yeah. Was passionate. I, can, I can laugh because I know you guys so well. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, mm. man, passionate. Okay. Yeah. And so that was probably, um, yeah, it was really challenging then because I had, like I said, I just lost everything Yeah. in a big way because I had a lot of success young and it was gone. And so I was trying to re, I think the first year I was in Florida, I was trying to figure out like how I managed to do that and yeah. who was I and, you know, all those big questions. And, um, and she tolerated me while I was going through that. You know, I hated uh, the fact was I was working for somebody for the first time, kind of, sort of, independent contractor, but I had to show up in an office and be responsible, and I hated that. And uh, so I ended up leaving, and I got a really good tan, you know, <laughs> like hang out by the pool, she would go to work. I'd go to work. And, and, um, and, then, I, and then I actually um, I ran into Tony Robbins' work, his personal power program, actually, a 30-day tape series, and, and that really shifted things for me. And that was the voice I needed to hear then, because it was all about taking action and getting, you know, handling your life, basically. Yeah. And, um, and that kind of shifted things. We ended up doing a bunch of real estate business, because um, mm -hmm. Peggy was a broker at that time, and, um, and I had a license, and we started to do really well with some land sales. And then I found a way to go to work with Tony. And we stepped into that for about six years. We worked with him. Mm -hmm. um, and that was kind of our first foray into personal development. And ever since then, I'd say for the last 30 plus years, that's just been kind of the air we breathe, as you know. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, it's moved from, um, you know, that work to more spiritual work and to the things that we do currently. So... Yeah. yeah. Do you want to share with people what you do currently? Mm. I could do my best, but. Well, I mean, maybe, uh, maybe you should. We kind of, we kind of, um, so after, after Robbins, I helped launch a real estate investment franchise called Homevestors of America. The brand is We Buy Ugly Houses. Did that work? I still coach and mentor in that space, but really um, around the concept of bringing consciousness to that business, which has been really fulfilling and rewarding and effective um, yeah. because uh, you know people that respond to that kind of advertising you know we buy ugly houses are usually calling because they've got some kind of distress going on in their life you know pain something that needs um, addressed and they're looking at they think maybe selling the house is going to be a way out of yeah. the pain they're in and uh, so my approach has always been 
that our job is not to buy houses, but to help people out of pain. And uh, if you help people out of pain, you'll buy the houses that you're supposed to buy. And, um, you know, the numbers company-wide for the company are maybe you buy five or six out of 100 raw leads. You know, that's the good news and the bad news. Five or six, you can have a good business, but you have to go through the 94, 95 other leads to get to them. So you can feel like you're losing in the business even when you're not. Mm-hmm. So it's really a perspective that if the job is to help people, you can do that every day. You can alleviate pain just by serving them. So really coming from a place of service and letting go of the, the money, letting go of that piece, um, it just works. You know, like it just, it just works. And um, so I, I get to coach people in that, that idea, that concept. And, and even when it's difficult, because, especially when it's difficult, because inside of our model, our franchisees spend a lot of money on advertising. And um, it's not so easy. My mantra used to be, it's not about the house. It's not about me, no agenda. Yeah. And if you could show up for somebody like that, then you had a good chance of serving them one two if there was a deal there you would have a connection deep enough that you might be able to get it and um you know it so it's it's not so easy inside of our model whenever somebody's spending twenty thousand a month on advertising you know so you're three or four months in maybe you're not even close to a deal yet and all of a sudden an agenda starts to creep in Mm. you know and i would always say that you know when when it would be logical to have an agenda or to make it about you and you can push that away and still be there in a place of service for somebody, that's the realm of miracles, right? So my, 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 my conversation with people is, do you want a logical business or a miraculous one? Mm. So, um, yeah. So I always say that we, you know, we, we get paid on the ones you buy and sell, but you earn it on all those other ones. You know, mm. to the degree that you can really um, help another human being out of pain. And I think if you look around in the world today, the people, some of the highest paid people in the world are people that can help somebody out of pain. So I think that's the work that we do, like yeah. in your work. And it's well, really about that. And I wouldn't even mean doing the, my day job, so to speak, <clears throat> if it weren't for you, mm. because you had done all of this with um, the home investors mm-hmm. and then you decided to take on a little fight. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Just I mean, a small little, little thing. Do, do we want to discuss that? Um, yeah. Let's discuss that. So, um, <laughs> so I, I, and this has been a big part of the transformation. I know you talked about maybe to share some transformation. The big part of the transformation for me has been, um, you know, I've lived most of my life with what I call the warrior energy. Yeah, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, played football, played football in college. It's the, you know, the jock thing, all of that. And you learn to fight, you learn to battle. And, um, the injustice. And it serves, yeah. you know, it served me, I think, in, when I was young. Like, it, I think it helped me become successful at a young age and it helped me get back on my feet after I lost everything the first time. Um, but also that energy carries with it some challenges. And, um, Sometimes warriors will take on battles that aren't winnable. You know, I did a course about five years ago, and, and one of the questions was, name your, five, your four favorite movies. So in order, Braveheart, Gladiator, oh, the boy. 300, <laughs> The Patriot. Like, and I said, oh, there's a theme there. And um, so, yeah, so that energy was really present for me. And, and back in 1999, I read a book called The Creature from Jekyll Island. And it was about the creation of uh, the Federal Reserve System that we have and basically our fraudulent monetary system that allows the government to just print money at will and uh, devalues the dollar and creates all the things that we're dealing with right now, like crazy inflation. And, and uh, I, I connected with a group of men and we decided we were going to save the country from a corrupt system. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we, decide, yeah. we decided to take on the federal government and, uh, and the IRS. And, How many uh, men was in this group? Uh, it was about, not well, enough. Not enough, yeah. yeah. Not so enough. It, it was kind of an unwinnable battle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, you know, it was, it, I got to see a lot of injustice and corruption kind of up close and personal. And, uh, and during that time, I became a really angry man. And, um, and unfortunately, I brought that anger into our home mm. uh, at a time when our kids were young. And, 
and at a time when I probably had our, we had our greatest financial success in that moment, mm-hmm. that time with what, everything that was going on, we had, a, we had a lot, and I had a lot to lose, and managed to do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, houses and, and cars and planes, and yeah, so the was, whole thing. Yeah, wow. yeah. It, it was painful. Yeah, um, and the the thing that was most important to me that I almost lost was um, was our family. Mm. Um, you know, Mama was going to protect and uh, the kids from the anger. And uh, while it wasn't directed at anyone, I, obviously I live with a house full of sensitive human beings, right? They're all yeah. like their mother. And um, and so in 2005, I started to do a lot of really deep spiritual work. And that's actually where I ultimately connected with you mm-hmm. and, and James. And, uh, and fortunately, I was able to let go of a lot of the anger and let go of the battle and um but as as the kids got older you know i could see the i could see the collateral damage that that energy had Mm. and um and the trauma that it created and i could see it playing out in their lives to a certain degree and it was really painful to look at because i saw myself as a source of it all and i was to a certain degree and um didn't know what to do about it you know and uh, it was just really through some really deep um, healing work that we were able to latch on to. Um, that, I don't even know if I can talk about that. Um, but we did, we did some really deep work as a family. And, uh, and today I have a relationship with my, my kids that I didn't think would be possible. So a lot of change, a lot of transformation. And you know, pain is a great motivator. Tony used to always say, you know, people do more to uh, avoid pain than gain pleasure. And um, it was a painful time. I remember what was beautiful about it was there was this huge role reversal for us because during that altercation with the government, I really couldn't make any money. I was in the process of a negotiation and um, so I stopped doing what I was doing, and I got hired by my wife. By me, which was Basically, not fun. I was, so you I, worked for Peggy. I was hi- a highly <clears throat> overqualified, underpaid assistant. With and, a uh, lot of arrogance and yeah. told me every day how he was overqualified. Yes. Was. So, so what was beautiful was I had to really just step back and move into support and service of her and her yeah. work. And, um, and it really caused her to step into who she is, and which to me is like, you know, it's really interesting because I look back on my life and I'll just say this, like, because I, I, I voiced this the other night when we were together. Because um, I was wondering, like, am I doing enough? You know, like I always have this burning, like, am I making a big enough difference in the world? And... Um, and I looked at my life and the path of everything that I've been through until I met her. And, and then, you know, I don't know if you've shared in the past about your gift and how it opened up. And no, we, why, don't the, we, why don't we go there with how you were searching when, yeah. when, all, when, yeah. when you kind of lost, because of the tax thing, you were asked to step down from home investors. There were concerns there about yeah, him sure. involving like the IRS coming and somehow adjoining that company through his battle. Mm-hmm. So he yeah, was asked was a, to, I mean, there was, so it was a really painful time, you yeah, know, he was, was one of the original founders and lots of, there was a lot going on. Yeah. Um, but really, um, I had, I'd been studying, I'd been reading and I wanted just a spiritual journey. And, um, when, it was actually when Peggy's second brother was killed in a car accident that her gift like really started to open up and um and to the point where she couldn't run from it anymore you know and uh you know she was having all kinds of experiences and I had been reading about this stuff and she's like am I going crazy am I losing my mind and I'm like no I think you have a gift and I think you need to embrace it explore it I said at least explore it and see what's there because you know, a little bit of that was self-preservation, too, because, you know, it seemed like when something would happen, like when her first brother was killed, she had this wild crown chakra experience and that was really healing for her, but then she shut it down again. And there really was no listening around for her to support her in 
exploring it, didn't know where to go, what to do, any of that. And then when her second brother was killed, Larry was killed in an accident, um, she had all this stuff going on again. So in my mind, I'm thinking, clearly there's a gift here, and the universe is trying to wake it up. And when she shuts it down, somebody close to her seems to check out to reawaken it. And so I'm sitting there thinking, there's me, there's our three kids. She needs to embrace this. It was a little bit of self-preservation, actually. <laughs> you know, I was like, I was concerned. Like, this is something she needs to explore. So um, I encouraged her to do that. Uh, and she did, courageously. And, you know, spent about a year working really hard just every day, sitting down and listening, just listening to what was coming in and writing and, and then following it, following the direction. And it, it was just so beautifully unfolding. Like, um, so I'm very clear that um, she's doing the work that she was put on this planet to do. And, um, and, you know, one of our spiritual teachers said a long time ago, sometimes someone will come into this world and they only have one job. And it might be saying one thing to one person, one, just one act is all they're here to do. And um, so I'm pretty clear, at least one of the acts I was supposed to do was that. Like, it's so crazy how the universe moved me. Maybe losing everything in Pittsburgh is what had to happen for me to get out and leave and walk into an office one day and see her and, um, mm. you know, and the roommate not showing up, <laughs> you know, just yeah. all of it, you know, it's just, yeah. it's been pretty magical. And that's kind of how our life has been, you yeah. know, with the ups and downs and the craziness that I wouldn't trade any of it, all the pain, none of it. Um, yeah, even, even, you know, in those those times he was looking for that spiritual connection for himself and then to have your wife have it instead of you so then you know then we had to deal with your jealousy your anger i mean because it it took off like a shot like within yeah. Yeah. two years somehow or another demi moore is my client well how the heck did that happen i'm in florida she's there and i share this because it's yeah. in my book yeah. and you know she's so, okay with it she's okay with it yeah <laughs> And um, so it brought up all this emotion oh, yeah. for Bobby of jealousy, yeah. like, what the heck? Like, I did all the searching. She's getting all the rewards. So it was yeah. a constantly an up-leveling of us yeah. as individuals, as us as a couple. Yeah. And um, it wasn't yeah. always easy, but it was always rewarding. Yeah. And I'm sure Peggy, yeah. Peggy always got a lot of attention, too, right? Because oh. everybody oh. in all their questions, she's like an I open said, channel. My, yeah. My, uh, <laughs> my, I, I, I I jokingly say that the hardest thing for me to do, it, it's the, the biggest reward and it's also the biggest challenge, is like I'm so, um, because I'm so in awe of who she is and what she does, like I get to share her with the world. Mm. And at the same time, I have to share her with the world. <laughs> you know, so it's like, <laughs> it's this paradox, right? And um, yeah. and so it, const it constantly has me working on my stuff you know where is that neediness that attachment what is it do i need to be able to fill i need to be able to fill myself up so that um she can do what she needs to do and make the difference and, and i'm good you know and and so there's always this constant um you know look right the mirror i, I think i always say this in relationship like you can do a lot of work individually on yourself but there's nothing like having a life partner that will show you all your garbage. You know, yeah. like it's the mirror for you to look at all the buttons that you have that get pushed. And when you can, um, I think, see them and work through it all together, uh, that's when, that's the beauty of a relationship. Well, and what yeah. I want to bring it back to is that all that jealousy was there, but then we had that experience this is, I don't even know if you know the story. We were um, in bed. Mm. We just shut all the doors and the windows in the house. The kids were little. And those, we had those long vertical blinds, you know, that would go across a big um, door, patio door. And we were laying in bed. And all of a sudden, we heard this, doo -doo 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 -doo, like the blinds, like moving in the other room. And he's like, did you hear that? And heard it again. And he goes to, you know, grab a gun, see who's there, because that's Bobby, the protector, right? And 
And he gets up and I hear all of a sudden in my mind and I see his grandfather shaking a fist. And he's saying to me, it's not, it's me. And there's a problem in the family. There's not a problem in the relationship. I've come through the family doors to awaken you to a family problem, not to a relationship problem. I'm like, Bobby, Bobby, come here, come back, come back. You know, I'm whispering to him and he's like, He's, you know, going along the doors, like, you know, trying to go out there. And he gets out to the living room to find those doors three feet wide open. He had locked them and closed them and they're wide open. So he closes the doors, locks them. Now he's coming in the room and he's going to call 911. And I'm like, no, stop, 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 stop. Your grandfather. And I gave him the message and he, he, we, you know, we're both covered in goosebumps And basically what came through is like, listen, you are already a channel. When you stand up and speak, like back in the day, he would speak at home investors conventions and there, you know, be hundreds of people there, whatever, or he would, other things he's done, thousands of people there. And, um, and that you're a natural channel. You get on stage, you're channeling. And you could just see the like, oh my God, I already, I already have a gift. I'm as we all have a gift, but he was not aware that, of, of the, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. And it was such a relief for both of us yeah. and so much joy mm-hmm. in discovering yeah, I that. Think the, I, think yeah. the, I think the prelude was when we went to bed and I was just, I, I voiced my frustration. Yeah. Like, cause I said something and you said, well, check in, ask yourself. And I'm like, I don't get information from anyone or anything. Right. And then that's when the, then that the grandfather shows up, right? Like, boom. And um, it was just don't was disrespect well. like, us. Like don't I, disrespect Like yourself. I never, yeah, yeah. Cause I didn't have the kind of experiences she had. So that was like the first really wild oh my God. visual experience that, that, that we had. That house was wired for sound. I mean, we moved into this house when I first had my channel open and I did not know how to, you know, discern things, right? And so what would happen is smoke detectors would go off in the house. And when a smoke detector went off, there would be a message. And that was your tell. That was my tell. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And he was like, must be the battery must be took the battery out like checking batteries, cutting wires, like doing everything. They're still going and they're still going off. Right. And so it became a custom where it smoke detector would go off. He's like, Oh, he'd look at me. I'd hear the message in my mind. I got the message. The smoke detector would stop. It was the freakiest thing. Mm -hmm. I once had a client, who brand new client, came in, sat down. I was so new at this. And um, the smoke detectors go off. Bobby's opens the door. And I went, I got the message. It's okay. Smoke detector goes off. And the woman's like, what's going on? I said, you know, I said, I have this thing sometimes when a really important message comes through, the smoke detector goes off. And I said, I was just told that you have MS and that you can have a healing. And she turned pale and she looked at me and she said, I've not told anybody that I have MS and I just found out two days ago. Ooh. And so we did some energy work. We did some conversation. I never saw her again. <laughs> I have no idea if I scared the bejesus out of her or she just healed or I have no idea. Yeah. But it was just that. It was such an important, I think, moment for, for both of us to really believe and we became partners in my um, progression of trusting myself and Bobby, and I think that's who yeah. you are in the world yeah. for so many people. You yeah. you bring such certainty yeah. to everybody that you meet that, and that's what you do for the the men and women that you coach. That yeah. you really do just provide a safe space and a certainty for them to be able to discover their gifts inside and to give them a path forward yeah. that I could have never done without you. Yeah. And yeah, the the um. I always say this, and I'll share this with people that, you know, when, when you're at a point in life where you don't have the certainty yet developed, you can borrow somebody else's, like somebody who sees you, somebody who understands and somebody gets it and somebody who really will champion you. And um, so I think it's important to, to realize that and moving from that warrior energy to, um, to what I call the guardian energy, Yeah. you know, that's, which is, it's not aggressive. It's, um, it's welcoming, it's safety, it's protection. It's, um, you know, the guardian is not out looking for the battle every day like I live most of my life doing. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's about creating safety. I feel like people, 
to the degree that they feel safe with you is mm -hmm. to kind of the, the degree to the depth of the work that they'll do with and on themselves, you know? Um, so that's a big piece. I, I call you the pillar of peace mm -hmm. because yes, you've gone through this whirlwind of anger and maybe jealousy and whatever it is that has brought you to this moment in life. But so much of the community goes to you as that safe place mm -hmm. to digest whatever's going on in our life. And uh, regardless of whatever emotion may be moving through you at the time, you always have this centered, grounded peace about you. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just wanted to express that. But you know, because I tell you all the time. <laughs> and, um, and one of the things that I really love about you, and I think that makes people feel safe with you is you are where you are and you're really great about meeting people where they are so you are where you are on any given day and you're not afraid of where you're at and you're also not afraid of the transformation mm -hmm. and that gives us permission to move through life the same way like james and i have no problem getting into some kind of tiff with you around because we feel comfortable doing that yeah. you're not afraid to do the same thing and we all help each other work through it and that's like the most beautiful thing. Yeah. You talked about how um, part of your motivation was to transform your relationship with your children. Mm. What's been the evolution of that? Oh, wow. That's been really big. One of the biggest moments was at an event I was at. Um, and it was called the Sterling Men's Weekend, uh, maybe five years ago. And while the, the relationships had been being repaired, um, they, weren't, they weren't repaired as rapidly as I would like, obviously. And um, at the event, uh, we were talking about feelings, things that men carry. And, and I stood up and um, I made a comment. I said, I, you know, I said, I carry a lot of guilt um, about the anger that I brought into our home. And... Uh, and I said, you know, I don't know what to do about it. You know, he, he, he stopped me. And this was a group of about 300 men. <clears throat> and he said, I want everybody to hear what he just said. And he said, um, this man lost the opportunity to be a father because he indulged in the emotion of anger. And it was like, oh, wow. And it was interesting because the men were like, oh, that's bullshit. He's still a father. And, you know, like they, they got like to come to my rescue, right? And um, which was nice, was sweet. But he stopped. He said, no, wait a minute. He said, he said, let me ask you a question. He said, when you try and tell your kids something to do, he said, how does that go? And, uh, and I said, not very well. You know, so, then, you know, so he said, yeah. He said, uh, you know, I get it. And I said, I, I understand that. I said, but what do I do? And... Um, and he looked me in the eyes and he said, you can't do anything. You fucked up. You blew it. And that was like, then the men really were like, oh, that's crazy. You know, like they're coming to my defense again. And, um, and then he stopped and he said, well, wait a minute. He said, um, said, are you still married? And I said, yeah. To their mother, I said, yeah. I said, miraculously, I'm, I am. And um, he said, well, he said, there is one thing. <clears throat> he said, all you can do is become the man that you always wanted to become and become an example and hope your wife keeps your children in your life long enough that they can see the example that you're becoming. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so that was, that was like... That was enough to push me into, okay, I just, I need to let go of trying to father or parent them and really dig in and do my work and become an example for them and let that speak. Um, and again, like I always said, I'm so forever grateful for mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love you. Yeah. It was, it was a really hard time, and, but, you know, honey, you've, like, 
you're 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 not the same guy. I mean, listen, we you know we've been together thirty five years. Mm. I mean, you know how half our guests are only thirty. So <laughs> <laughs> to, at this point, yeah. so mm. you know, recognizing that level of commitment and transformation. And I remember it was it was so interesting. You were so frustrated a couple years ago with Risa because she she really pulled back. I mean, at, during this whole time, our kids never went away. Right. We we remained a family. We kept talking. We were, but there would be explosive moments and um, frustration for everybody. Right. So, um, but we were all still in relationship with each other. But then Risa really started to pull back from you, and we would come back to L.A. and visit after we moved away a couple years ago, just two years ago. And, and she just would turn her shoulder when you go to kiss her, and she'd just pull back, and she'd shut down. And we'd come back from the trip, and you'd be so frustrated. You'd be like, what the hell? Like, I did all this work only for her to treat me like this. And, I, and it was so apparent to me that she finally felt safe around you that she could now release her anger mm. and her frustration yeah. of, of having to hold all that in for such a long time, of being so scared around such a big personality. Yeah. And um, you were never long for long periods, but when it, you were it just angry, explosive. it was like explosive anger, yeah. and, then, mm. and then stop, and then I'm sorry, right? Yeah. But it, clearly un, unhealthy, yeah. abusive, like all, it was not, it was not a healthy situation at all. Yeah. And, um, but they've all done different um, work on themselves. We all mm -hmm. have as a family in being able to come back together and really, as you've changed, as I've changed, and you know, and I'm as responsible because I did not speak up, right? I grew up with five brothers who were always like pummeling on me. So, you know, to hear a man's anger was nothing for me. I was like used to it. I was used to boys and, loud and anger and you know that it all die and um the first time i was really like made self-aware i think risa was like nine years old and renzo was modeling your behavior and the way he talked to me risa was like you're gonna let him talk to you like that i was like oh shit, dang <laughs> yeah that's not okay and so then I had to start, we had to start with the kids saying, this is not the appropriate way, right? And they're all different, And they're too. all like different. They, yeah, they all different. They all had a different experience, experience. of yeah. me, yeah. which is really interesting because, you know, and then when you're trying to fix things, you're trying to fix them the same way with each of them, and they're all different, right? Yeah. Like Marco, the oldest, um, you know, I keep checking in with him because, like, I'll... I'll sit with him and apologize or, you know, I apologize a number of times and he'd look at me like I had two heads, you know, and um, he's like, you're my hero. You know, like, I, I'm so proud of the stand that you took and the courage that you had. And so he related one way, right? Mm -hmm. Renzo's different. Renzo's like, he's probably my, my fondest challenge because it's like looking in a mirror. <laughs> with him because I see so much of myself in, in him, right? So the same, the same uh, intensity, the same passion, the same like brilliance. He, he knows he's so yeah. freaking smart, you know. It's like yeah, so, so there's smart. all that, and then there's yeah. Risa who's much, much, much more like Peggy, right? Like just really sensitive, really. But the, the difference there's a little bit of both of us because yeah. she, she will open her mouth. Yeah. And she will stand her ground and she will say yeah. this. And, and I love that about her because, you know, her willingness to, um, to voice what's there for her. Yeah. Really powerful. And, and, you know, she called me this morning and it's like, so I told her we're going to do a podcast and she goes, what are you going to talk about? And I said, eh, probably child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, she goes, Oh, tell everybody how a teenager can still recover from a very vocally, <laughs> upset and angry father when he does his work so oh um, that's beautiful so, she yeah, said she that cracks me up. i just want to take a moment to really appreciate your vulnerability because mm. this is so much the house so many of us grow up in yeah. and the whole reason we're in the bathroom is to remove the shame from it yeah, yeah. this is the entire reason why we're doing a podcast in the bathroom mm. let's show everybody what real life really is and how we move through it. And you are, mm. Bobby, a shining example 
of a man that has like in all of his vulnerability mm. really moved through his stuff. Yeah. And you do that for so many men and people in your life. And mm-hmm. I just, I have so much gratitude because mm. it's not easy to go and tell everybody like, yeah, I fucked up over and over and over again. And then actually not spin into the whirlwind of doing it for the rest of your life. Yeah. And you know, if there's an old pattern that creeps, you like go into it, you do your work and it's possible for people mm-hmm. to move through it. It's possible for people to change their relationships, yeah. to operate from the heart, to, you know, do all of this. I have a question. If somebody is listening to this and they're really relating to what you're saying, like, do you, have maybe a universal tool that has helped you, whether it's taking a deep breath or taking a pause or what's like one thing that they could go home with outside of all the inspiration that you've shared. Mm. God, uh, you know, it's so interesting because for like, it's been this trek for 30 plus years, you know, of many different things. Um, And, and what I've looked at in just in recent times, what um, what has been lacking for me, and we had a, an event the other night, and it was really beautiful. And what I saw that the piece that's been missing for me a lot is just being able to experience joy, mm. like at a deep level. Like what brings you joy? And we get so caught up in today's world, I think, in everything but that. Like, we ask a lot of other questions. Like, how am I going to pay the bills? What am I doing? This is the right career. But, like, what brings me joy? What brings me happiness? What puts a smile on my face? Because I think that's what's missing. Um, You know, I I used to have a coach that would ask me, like, how are you doing today? I'd say, great. She'd say, inform your face. (laughs) You know, like smile, <laughs> lighten up. Like, and, and, and like her good morning to me was, she would say, stop being so significant. Oh, right? Like, like life is, um, you know, like, why are we here? Thank you, Sherry, yeah. by yeah. the way. Thank yeah, you, like, Sherry. Like, why are we here, really? Um, other than to experience life and, and, and experience happiness and joy and making that kind of a difference in the world. Um, you know, I have this deep commitment to impact people and transform lives and make a difference. And like the question, you're always making a difference, right? But what, yeah. kind, what kind of a difference are you making? Probably the one that you're making for yourself. So, and, and you know, yeah. is there a smile on your face? Are you happy? Are you mm. experiencing um, joy in life? And I know that's my work. Like it got very clear the other night, like that's my work. Um, <laughs> His work is to go play. To go play. To go yeah. figure like, out how to, to play. To really play. Yeah. And, um, and to realize, you know what? The world doesn't need saved. Mm. You know, and if it does, I'm not the one to save it. I'm just here to experience joy and live life and be that example, just like I need to be that example for my children. Um, and be that example for the world. Like, what does that look like? And, and I, I really want to comment on something because we're talking a lot about, you know, family and family trauma and you know look I didn't I can look back into my life and my past and I can point to events that had me show up the way I've showed up and we don't get a manual you know uh, on how to raise children how to be parents so you should write that (laughs) like like you you and your husband should write that because it's it's such a um, God it's such a I am like in awe Mm. and wonder about how the two of you manage not one or two or three, but six like, and they're magical, Mm. like, but they're magical because you've like infused that into them, Mm. like who they are, who they be. Like I just, you know, Peggy and I always joke when we we're on the road a lot, but when we're here you know, we'll hear those little voices Mm. from across the, the ranch, Bobby, Peggy, hi, you know, just yelling us, and it just lights us up because they're such amazing little humans, and they're yeah. all individuals, and you 
the two of you really create the space for them to be who they are. Thank um, you. And just, you know, there's no, they don't have to fit into anything yeah. that you think they should be. You really give them the room to just be who they are. And um, that's really beautiful. You know, when, when the kids would Thank you. babysit Aww. back in the day. When, yeah. So, oh, so right. for those of you who don't know, our kids are, what, 24, 28, and 30. And their family one, to 31. me, too. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they, Risa and Renzo, occasionally, would go, <laughs> <laughs> that's another story, would go down and help Kim when she had three kids or four kids. And yeah. um, they would both come home and say, I want to raise my kids like Kim and James. I'm like, why? Because I would never, Bobby and I would only come when the kids were asleep. We'd come at <laughs> night and hang out and drink and talk and sit by the fire or whatever. And um, so I was always curious. And now that we're all in Texas and I get to spend quality time with the whole family, I can see why now. Because the, the way that the, the kids interact with each other, with, you know, I grew up with seven kids, right? Seven brothers and sisters. And, and witnessing the way in which your children care for each other. Mm. You know, there was a moment where I was sitting on the couch when little Gwenny, you were pregnant, you know, very pregnant. Gwen needed a lot of attention. She broke her leg, yeah. little three-year-old Gwenny. And she was frustrated and she was sitting, laying uh, in between Annabelle and I. And Gwenny threw her, her leg with her cast up and threw it down on Annabelle. And I said, oh, you know, don't do that, be careful. And Annabelle's like, and Gwenny started to cry a little bit. And, and Annabelle was like, no, Gwenny, I'm okay. Are you okay? Because you used your, your leg to hit me. Are you okay? No. So just the, you know, that just, that's just who they are. They're selfless. They really do look out for the other. And, and anyway, I'm in I, awe as well. well. It's really amazing. I really Thank you, guys. So you do need to write a book. I, I will say that there's actually one thing that's coming to mind that I can share, because the are you okay question I think is significant. Yeah. Um, a lot of times when a child falls, um, they feel hurt. Mm -hmm. And usually, because it can happen a lot with children, we tell them, like, ah, you're okay. Mm. Come on. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Let's get Just taking, like, one moment... Mm -hmm. And asking, like, are you okay? Mm -hmm. For me, has been well, that's um, a game changer, a big thing. And so they also ask other people if they're okay. Yeah. And what I find is that they can be really resilient, and they can pop right back up and yeah, oh, I'm totally fine. Um, or they're not okay. And they need something. And a lot of times, if you see it wasn't significant, but they're needing more, that's telling you where they're at emotionally. Yeah. I'm not getting everything I need from you. This may mm. have been a pretty insignificant fall, but um, this is my feedback to you as a mom that, like, I need more right now. Wow. Like, more emotional yeah. love. I'm going to be such a good grandparent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you know what? Living with you. Seriously. So, Risa, don't be afraid to drop off the kids. Yes. She's like, I'm oh, not bringing my kids here. I love you 20 guys years ago. so much. And my children are also having the benefit of being in community with you guys. Mm -hmm. um, you know, fairy godparents like nobody else. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's all around a love fest here. Like, yeah. we've all been in a state in our relationship as family together, yeah. not blood, but definitely really more than that sometimes. Yeah. And uh, the beautiful thing is just the honesty and the vulnerability and the growth that happens when you can just be where you're at. Yeah. You know, I, I just value that so much more than anybody that's really just putting on a show. And if you are putting on a show, Whatever, that maybe that's gotten you to some point. But mm -hmm. I do hope this activates and, and what you've shared, Bobby, is some authentic realization of how you're feeling and where you're feeling in your body and acknowledging that and giving yourself enough love to like move through it. Mm -hmm. And if and if you can't do that for your own self love, doing it for people in your life and like you said, borrowing it yeah. until you learn to love yourself. Mm -hmm. And um what you guys give us is just so invaluable. So now you can borrow play from the kids. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. This is true. 
Well, we do have a broom horse that we ride around oh on God. occasion. So, yeah. so inside it's joke. An inside joke. Yes. Well, the, can we make it not an inside joke? <laughs> yeah. So I was prompting Bobby to play, <laughs> and it was fine. So we started with nursery rhymes, singing. Um, they got on a broom and they we, rode well, farmer, around. Well, it started old, with a farmer in the Dell, right? No, old McDonald. Old McDonald, old McDonald yeah. Had a farm. And then we started with making the noises. And I'm like, okay, we the got horse. to the horse. I'm like, okay, we should ride a horse. And he's like, what? Seriously? You were so great to go along with this. And yeah, and so he got the horse and I couldn't find the, one. He got the, horse, the horse was the broom. Brooms, there was the broom and he grabbed yeah. the broom and there was only a dustpan. <laughs> there was nothing for me to ride. He's like, well, you could ride my broom. It was the most playful stretch Yes, <laughs> stretch, and, and it, cre it created a pretty cool opening for some people too, which was very interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh, I know Gwen but, came came psyched <laughs> out of her mind into that energy, like <laughs> wanting to run around and play tag. And there's a face that oh kids get when they're playing; they're looking at you, and just the look tells you everything you need to know. Like <laughs> you're supposed to turn around and run after me now, <laughs> and kids just know how to do that. Yeah, we played tag, uh, yeah, we played hide and wow. seek. It was <laughs> a breakthrough in our relationship. Yes, yes. that was really. It was very revealing for me how yeah. challenging it was to access that. Yeah. yeah. And, and there was a lot of revelation around it about like my childhood. Like why, why was that the case? And it was really interesting to see. So, you know, I, I, um, and I love that it, like our, the, our relationship, right? Like you're so much, you, you have the fire like I do. And, and James is so similar to Peggy. And James it's like, and I are so sensitive. So, so you two like, are just like, get over it. So, really? I have to deal with you. So, but, um, but that's our work, you know, like we're crossing those things and, and uh, figuring it all out. But um, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. And you know, I'll, I'll share this, like the, the okay question. That's a, are you okay? That's like a huge piece of my coaching with people. Really? Yeah, mm -hmm. because like in our in our in our work in in the the home buying business, like we do a lot of direct mail and people, you know, we're the the advertising is usually, you know, we buy ugly houses. So sometimes people will get pissed. You know, like my house isn't ugly, right? And so the people will literally call, some people will call because and I'm telling our franchisees, look, your job is to serve everyone. Every time you help somebody out of pain, you're planting the right seed in your business. So this happened with, with my son when we were buying houses in, I think it was North Carolina. And um, he said, okay, he said, but how do, I, how do I make a difference? How do I serve the person who calls and is just angry because they got a letter from us, right? You know, and they call it, why are you sending me this mail? Take me off your damn list. You know, the old take me off the list call. He said, how do you do that? I said, well, I said, do you think of that person like got a piece of mail that most people would look at and just throw in the trash, junk mail, right? Like doesn't apply to me, I'm throwing it away. But they took the time to open the letter, read it, get angry about it, and then call you to express their anger. Do you think something might be going on in their world Ooh. that is yeah. not right, right? He said, yeah. I said, okay. He said, so what do I do? I said, well, the first thing you do is apologize. You know, Mrs. Smith wasn't our intention to upset you, I'm sorry. He said, okay, then what? I said, then you ask a question. And I said, it has to be sincere because you're there to serve somebody. And he said, okay, what's the question? I said, it's really simple. Are you okay? And you got to be genuine when you ask that question. And, um, and I said, and they might say, yes, I'm okay, and take me off the damn list. But at least you made an attempt to serve somebody. And you don't know what they're going to say. So he said, okay, I can do that. So about three weeks later... I get a phone call from Marco and he says, hey, I got one of those calls. And I said, what, like, I was like, not in my mind, what kind of call? He said, you know, they take me off the list call. I said, oh, I said, how'd it go? He said, it was pretty amazing. I said, what happened? He said, well, this older woman called. She was upset that we sent her mail and I apologized and I asked her that question. And um, he said, there was a long pause. And she said, then her voice broke. And mm. kind of cracked and she said no i'm not okay mm. she said my husband died six months ago oh. and every time i get a piece of mail with his name on it it hurts me Aww. and he was able to just listen and have a conversation with this woman they were married 62 years and they hear oh. all about all about their relationship oh. and and um and and the pain and the loss and the loneliness that she was feeling and it was very like 
and Marco could relate because my father had passed away when after they, my mom and dad had been married 62 years and you know my mom was alone um you know not with my dad anymore and um he said they had a really beautiful conversation he said we talked for about 20 minutes he said you know i'll probably never buy our house you know the, the one daughter's going to move in with her and they're going to take it and you know take care of her and um he said but i know i left her in a better place than she was before she called me and um and so I think like that message yeah. is powerful, not just there and not just with our children, but if we can like just stop in life and check in with people and just like, are you okay? You know, um, people just need, I think, to feel heard and seen and um, cared for, you know, just like they matter. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't take a lot of energy yeah. to stop and just check in with somebody, you know? So it's a tip if you're buying houses or have kids or, <laughs> or see somebody who, who yeah. just looks like they need to be heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So anyways, for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of our my favorite fav- songs. Our favorite song. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, we have a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. So I actually, if you don't mind, would like to ask you mm-hmm. during this period of transformation how have you healed your view of him so i know a lot mm. of times there's there maybe there's so much you could talk about you could talk about how it affected you or how have you allowed him to step into a new place with mm-hmm. you? Because I know so many, so many of us are in these tight relationships. We put them in a box of who they are. Yeah. And yeah. then it's hard for them to move out of that box with us. So sometimes like we keep people from the growth, yeah. mm-hmm. but I've seen him grow. So clearly you've yeah. also moved through your perception of him. What a great question. Thank yeah. you. Um, you know, God, there's so many things. Um, I think, first of all, I, I, I had to, I couldn't cover up my feelings, right? So in the early days when, um, when he was really angry, it was a New Year's Eve and I was there with the kids and I just witnessed, you know, his volatility and I just went, this is not healthy. I can't do this anymore. And so I made a vow to myself that things were going to change. And if that meant divorce, that's, that's what it meant. And and energetically, he must have picked that up because that's, that's when um, we had a trip to go see Demi and um, she had a Kabbalah class and, and that's when Kabbalah showed up in our life. And we were both excited about it, but Spirit said to me, nope, you can't study. Let him have his own thing. We'll tell you when you can study. And he started immediately changing. And, when I start, and what I mean by that is whatever was being said to him he would check himself. So instead of going, flying off the handle, he would stop, pause, and leave. And so that, that shifted the energy, and it gave me hope. And, it, and, and I started to see what I fell in love with originally was all of his potential and his kindness and his heart. And Because remember, this whole fight, this anger that he had, was because he wanted to save the world. It wasn't because he was an, you know, an alcoholic or you know, spinning out. It was because he, he really wanted to make a difference for the world and was so frustrated at, at the institutions you know, that were creating so much pain for people. So it was very noble, but it, it didn't serve the family. right? Yeah. So, so witnessing him do that, and then six months later being able to, to join um, you know, I got the kind of go ahead for my spirit guides to like, you know, go ahead and join that. And, and just controlling my own reactivity, the pause, what a pleasure really helped a lot. Like pause, like what a pleasure that I'm dealing with you right in this moment when you're not being your best and vice versa, just saying pause to myself so I wouldn't be reactive. And then just, there was a conversation. I don't know where we, it came from. Something that you studied or read or did something about changing the person and you brought in, you brought like um, names. We started. We, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll share that because I, I started to use that too. And that, that was maybe five years ago. And that really started to shift things. 
you would write every day and you would create oh, me a certain yeah, yeah, way. Yeah. There was a lot of, there were two kind of key things that w were planted when, um, I think it was when we did Landmark Education's work one. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in the advanced course, they talked about, like, are you willing to wake up each morning and not, not know the person that you woke up with? Oh. Yeah. Like, to just allow them to occur however they're going to occur, like newly, not have any story, anything made up, and to give them the freedom to really show up however they're going to show up. Yeah. Um, and not know them in that way. Yeah, not know them. So and, wake up not knowing who your partner is. So that was really powerful. That was wow. a powerful yeah. concept. And um, so I think that was part of it. And then, like, the idea that, you know, we create each other. Like, the only place Peggy exists is two ways. One, how I speak her in the world, how I language her in the world. And two, how I listen her. Because I can interpret interpret anything she says to me any way I want. So what I've really seen lately is how when you can speak to somebody from an open heart and listen from that place with your heart open, it turns beautiful. And, and there was an exercise that we used to do. I would journal in the morning. And uh, it was a, basically a gratitude journal, right? And I would create her. You know, and I would write things I'm thankful for, you know, my health and vitality, the, the spectacular Peggy. You know, I would write that every day and I would just write things that I'm grateful for. And I always, she was always on the list. I think I started out with like the amazing Peggy and she looked at me and she said, that's it. You can't can up the game a little bit. Like, there's something I better like, than amazing. On. He's like, well, so, which, what do you want to be known yeah. as? How about spectacular? Yeah, like something so, a little bigger, brighter. So, so I went to spectacular and, um, you know, sometimes I make her the, the loving Peggy, the <laughs> sensual Peggy, whatever I'm feeling in the moment, right? And uh, so, you know, I get to create her. I, yeah. really, I really do. And so what's going to serve me most powerfully? And then I get to listen to her and what she says to me. And I always say this. You asked the question the other night when we were celebrating the birthday. And it was really powerful. You said, um, what's one thing you love about Peggy? You know, and there's so many things. And um, I think my answer was, I love the man that she's caused me to become. Mm. Because that's, that's really the truth. Mm. And she's created the space for me to do that. She's had the patience um, mm. to allow it, and, and, um, which took a lot. And, uh, and the, um, I think the other thing is... Uh, you know, she's, um, she just calls forth the best of me, you know, always. Well, you keep yeah. showing up, yeah. you know, but, but the final thing I'll add that I've really done for myself, mm. and I think it's really how, you know, like you said, what do you do inside? And it took me a minute to like, what do I? And so what I, what I recognize is that a lot of times he'll say something and I won't respond or I'm in my head about something else and I'm thinking, you can wait a second, let me finish this, right? And so I was, the Gottman Institutes, this amazing, they've been around forever and I think the first time I read a book on them was like when the first kind of crack in our marriage was around year seven, long time ago. And, um, but basically it was like, okay, so when your partner's having conversation with you, do you lean in, do you turn towards them do you ignore them or do you turn away, right? Mm. And the marriages that fail are the people who turn away. And not only they turn away, they'll say like, you know, let's say somebody sighs, like <sighs> turning towards them, you would go, hey, honey, are you okay? Anything going on over there? That's turning towards. They sigh and you do nothing. You're ignoring them. Turning away from them would be like, that again? What's wrong now? What's your problem now, right? Yeah. So that's turning away. So the people who do the turning away are more statistically likely to get divorced. Those that turn towards are the ones who stay together, mm. right? And, and are the happiest of all the people, right? And those who are neutral can, you know, can, can turn towards and learn how to be a better partner. 
And I think that's the biggest thing that I've done for myself. I don't know if you noticed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. and I think the the whole game, I don't know if you've ever shared this before, but just the questions that we'll ask each other now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've gotten very, and it was, I don't know. It's turned into a marriage counseling. It just just (laughs) came to me. Like, I was like. The world needs it. I, I I really need to know, like, what she's feeling. Yeah. Because she would be really good at not, a long time ago, like, I wouldn't know. And so busy in our life, I wouldn't stop to check in. So we just gotten into a habit of asking that question. Like, honey, what are you feeling now? A couple times a day. Not, no. not how are you feeling? Because mm-hmm. that's an easy one to skirt, you know, but what are you feeling? And I remember the first time we did it, it's such a beautiful gift because one, she really had to stop and check in with herself and say, hey, what am I feeling? Yeah, it took me moment. a minute. I was like, I have no idea. And then wow. I had to stop and wait to get out of my mind and into my body and access a feeling and then try to language it. It was yeah. a really difficult, you don't think about it, right? It, it was something I wasn't aware of. And, and for me, the work was always to, you know, one, not make it about me and not hijack it and try not to fix it, but just to be present to it. And then if I say anything, it's like, do you need anything from me? You know, but allow that range yeah. that, women have of all kinds of feelings and to not make it about me to not to not you know hijack it and just let her have the feeling and know that everything's okay yeah Yeah, that's been it's been a it's been fun (laughs) then she asked me the question and like i would give her a list of nine things and none of them were feelings it was all like stuff I go, that's not a feeling. I'd say another thing. That's not a feeling. (laughs) So So what I realized was they were all about things that I had popping off in my head. And I realized, oh, I must be feeling creative. (laughs) You know, like that was the feeling. Okay, I'm feeling creative. But um, (laughs) it's an an interesting exercise. Yeah, I do that with the kids and James. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. it's just been more fun because you you get to know yourself, your partner, you're you're stopping. It's a way to connect throughout the day. Yeah, it just deepens intimacy. And even if you're not with each other and you're, you know, apart, you can make a phone call and just out of the blue, hey, honey, what are you feeling? What's up, you know? And to get to know that your partner's pausing and actually listening for the answer yeah. is really nice. Yeah. It really helps you become seen. Yeah. So thank you. You're welcome. It was a, a stroke of brilliance. What, that, are, what are you feeling? Aw. <laughs> I'm feeling very lucky. Oh. Here with my bestie Kim, and here with you. I feel very happy and very lucky. Oh, yeah. What are you feeling? What am I feeling? Privileged. Oh. I feel it's such a gift to be with you guys, and I'm so excited because um, you're both really amazing, and you're good together, and you have a way of really. the information that's going to flow out of the bathroom here <laughs> is, is going to make a huge difference for, for people. So mm. I'm glad that you two have stepped into this and uh, are going to have fun doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And what are you feeling? Oh, Kim? what am I feeling? I'm feeling deep gratitude. Mm. Just deep gratitude that I get you two in my life mm. so much. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Me too. Same. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Love and for you. sitting in the bathroom. I love you, Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah. Mm. And thank you thank you for such a vulnerable share. I knew it wouldn't be anything less because it's you. So yeah. it's just me. Yeah. Can't hide it. Yeah. You know, at least I didn't cry too much. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, love All you right. both. Thank yeah. you, honey. Love thank you too. for having mm. me. Love yeah. you. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>